0: So here is Joe C. I was gonna do my whole recording muted. <laughs> that wouldn't be easy to listen to on the tape. <laughs> uh my name's Joe. I'm in recovery from uh alcohol use uh disorder and other uh problems. And um I'm I'm super happy to be here. And what I want to talk about, you could call the topic service, AA service, getting active. You could call it engagement. Um, you could call it finding finding meaning, um, in recovery, in the recovery community. And the reason I want to talk about that is, it, you know. A lot of groups are struggling to find people to get active, to help out, to find speakers, to uh, host or co-host meetings, um, to be the group representative or the group secretary. And it's, it's presented as you should do this because it's gratitude in action. You should be grateful that you're sober, somebody helped you. you should You should give back. In other words, it's presented as a chore. And the the other thing is people are sent off to do it. You know, people will sit side by side with another AA member to work through the steps. But when it comes to the traditions and service work, they point and they go, "Go be grateful." figure it out. See you later. You know, you're, you've got this group representative job for uh, a year. Uh, Go to the uh, general service meeting and, you know, try not to embarrass us. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I I think that um, the reason I'm sober is not from attending AA. It's from participating in AA. It's and and I think everyone knows the difference between attending and participating. I I attended AA and I didn't get sober. Uh, and participating that can happen a number of ways. You know, uh, someone gives you a job and you're uh, you you feel well, like you know that. One foot in, one foot out. I don't know if I want to go to the meeting, but I've got a job to do there. So I, you know, they they can't get along without me. I've got to be there, whether that's true or not. I felt that at times. I I was uh, I was encouraged to get active very early in my sobriety, not because, you know, it was I'd done all. 12 steps and now it was time to practice these principles in all of our affairs it was it was part of my very early sobriety while i was in the contemplative stage while i was in my uh first 90 days i was uh um i joined a group uh i was um uh i was engaged in aa because i was bringing somebody else to AA. When I came to AA just for my own good, there were a couple of barriers. One, I didn't want what you had. (laughs) I uh, had this magical thinking about how I could have all of the benefits of uh, uh, alcohol and other uh, drugs uh, without the consequences. I just had to figure that out. It was some um, you know, puzzle that I just hadn't quite figured out yet, but, um, quitting wasn't, wasn't what I wanted. And because quitting seemed like a punishment for admitting I was an alcoholic, I, I wanted something else. So I, I was only going to meetings until I figured that out. And, um, so I wasn't, I, I wasn't, I did, hadn't, bought in, so to speak, the idea that I had uh, something similar to an illness. Uh, I had a a condition that was uh, permanent, that was progressive, uh, that could be fatal, and was uh, irreversible. And the only way to um, arrest it was complete abstinence. I hadn't bought into that. I thought that seems... Too binary. There must be a spectrum. There must be a better way of doing it. And um, but when I was brought here for my own purposes, there was my reluctance and also my own feeling that I didn't have the integrity to do this. I had tried to quit just to um, appease other people before, people I cared about, people I loved, uh, because I was humiliated and um i you know in a burst of i that's it that's the last time i'm never going to do that again uh you know I, you know i sort of you know was shocked myself into quitting uh which you know i didn't have the resolve like 3 days later sometimes 1 day later um So I tried quitting and it didn't work. So I didn't think I had the integrity to stay sober. I could see AA worked for you. I could see that. But I couldn't see a path for me. But now I'd been to AA. uh, Someone uh, I knew and cared about, uh, I thought, needed AA. So I was bringing them to AA. And so now I'm not attending I'm participating i'm engaged i'm uh i I was told actually to join the meeting because if I wanted to be an example to someone I'm helping that that would be sort of um in technical terms we would call that now uh, modeling pro social behavior right but join the group that's that's going to help you get um your cousin sober so I would uh I, I, I did that and I went to the business meeting and I got asked to make the coffee and I became a group rep and all that sort of thing. And all of this happened before I was committed to staying sober for the rest of my life. I knew I wanted uh, my cousin to get sober and I knew I wanted to be her sober buddy for a while. And I was just trying to figure the rest out as I went along but it was getting involved that created the what I would call sort of buy-in, or um, uh, you know, um, you know, significant change in my attitude and outlook in life that uh, comes from AA. It was um, feeling a part of AA, not being an observer of AA or um, sitting cross-armed and cross-legged, listening to other people talk about AA. I I had to be involved. And that's true in my later sobriety. And I I, I find I I don't do service work because I, I feel a sense of duty. I do it because I love recovery and the world needs it. Uh, and, you know, and together that feels like a mission. It feels very purposeful. I, um, I was asked if I had anything, uh, like a presentation or anything. Uh, I've got, this is my one slide presentation. Here you go. Uh, and this is something, uh, that somebody else shared with me, um, recently. And, uh, Ikigai is a, a Japanese word. It means meaning. And in life, there's 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 four things. And this incorporates more of life than just my AA, but uh what I love, uh, what I can get paid for, uh, what I'm good at, what the world needs. And when you start combining some of these things, you create other things. I talked about uh I love recovery and uh, the world needs uh uh aa right so that feels like a mission right doing something that is good for others and something i love it it, it doesn't feel like a duty or an obligation um uh what what i'm good at and what i love uh that feels passionate but if i can get all of those things involved or a multiple of those things involved that gives me great meaning in life. Uh eventually I got good at AA and uh I loved AA and it was something the world needed. That's great. Like if you want to get paid at it become a counselor. Right? You can you can sort of incorporate all of those things. Uh if you uh uh you, it, it, if you really want you can. So so that that's my 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 one sort of slide for today and and this is um what i'm talking about in terms of why i um you know write about recovery why i um am fascinated with aa history uh not because uh i'm trying to make aa great again and go back to some glory days but but you know we're a slave to the past if we don't understand the past. And I think we can change and improve upon the past, but only to the extent that I can understand it. That's why I do a personal inventory. I have to understand my modus operandi. I have have to understand how I operate. I'm not going to be able uh, to even uh, see my... Um, blind spots until I start digging deep, and 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 one of the things about looking at AA history isn't to find fault or to uh, glorify uh, those who came before us, but just to have a, a deeper understanding, and and I find it very very helpful, and and I find uh, getting engaged in the sort of AA as a whole uh, very very satisfying. W- one of the things, as someone who's secular, the the steps are full of God talk. The traditions aren't. There's one cursory reference to God as being, uh, you know, uh, evoked when we have a group conscience, <laughs> that somehow it's blessed by a higher power. Uh, but honestly, the, the tradition too is really just about Uh, The group decides for itself how it's going to conduct itself, and there's no authority over it, just the group conscience. Uh, Bridget talked about having a group conscience meeting here. Um, You know, there's no right way or wrong way to do AA, but the members of the group decide how it's going to be. There's nothing forbidden and nothing sacred, nothing that has to be done in an AA meeting, nothing that can't be done in an AA meeting. So the group members decide. And that's what Tradition 2 is. And if you get involved in, now I'm getting super nerdy, the service manual and the 12 concepts, the 12 concepts don't mention higher power at once. You know, I worked on the finance committee at Toronto Intergroup, and we never talked about solving financial problems by turning it over. It never came up right it was roll up our sleeves what are we going to do what, you know what are possible options for this or for that and same thing with um uh you know uh outreach same thing with uh cooperation with the professional community we didn't just wait for the phone to ring we uh, engaged uh, in putting up a booth in professional conferences uh in Toronto a lot of You know, the Canadian psychiatric, blah, 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 the Canadian medical this or the Canadian uh, therapeutic that and 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 local stuff. Right. Just uh, local health fairs. Uh, We would go and not to um, we we weren't uh, there about, you know, uh, um, temperance. We were there about, you know talking to people about what AA is and what AA isn't members of the community and how it falls into sort of, you know, the sort of health area. So when we were asked, uh, I remember very early in my recovery, I was a teenager. So I was called upon to go speak at schools, not the same schools that my basketball team played against, but I I grew up in Montreal, Canada, but I'd go to the other end of the city and, um, where I was a complete stranger there and I would talk to them about my alcoholism and my recovery and AA, I would not go alone. I would go with another person from the public information committee. And, um, you know, I, I really, uh, felt, you know, AA became me when I started talking about it, when I started helping others with their recovery, when I started getting engaged in AA as a whole and it, it, it you know, I find it very meaningful. Not everybody in AA stays in AA. Plenty of people get what they need and they get on with life. And it's not like they quit AA in a huff. It's just they've gotten everything they needed and they have a rich, full life. And, and their recovery capital is alive and present in their everyday life. They They have meaning in their family life. They have meaning in their work life. They have... But that meaning can come from uh, can come from AA as well as uh, our outside life, and I think there's five things, and I didn't make these up. I borrowed them from some of the studies that have looked at people who thrive after mental health problems or addiction. Uh, there's five common things. It's called Chime. Uh, and Chime stands for connection, hope, identity, meaning, and empowerment. And I've talked a little bit about connection, uh, about getting involved. And uh, connection doesn't happen from observing AA or reading about it. It comes from getting engaged and connected with people. It's one alcoholic talking to another, and and meaning. Uh, I you know. I thought a life of sobriety would be a meaningless life, a purposeless life, a, a a provisional life, and it has. Like I, I love it. Like I don't think we're special. We're we're a special people at all. But, but I I think the work ahead and the need in our community gets greater and greater. Uh, I mean, the way they advertise uh you know gambling as a a perfectly uh you know uh innocent uh way of having fun in life <laughs> uh you know uh the way they've started legalizing more uh, recreational drug use people need what we have right you know it, it's it's never going to uh, get old uh i a isn't going to be able to do what we do and um uh, it, i i I really feel impassioned about it. And and that's that's it. Uh, that's all I wanted to talk about. I wouldn't be sober today if I didn't get active. And I wouldn't stay in AA if I hadn't gotten active. Uh, going to step 1 to 12 meetings over and over would be a repetitive strain disorder. Reading the same book over and over uh, would bore me to tears. I, I wouldn't hang around for that. But I find... Uh, The work of AA as a whole, um, stimulating and interesting, Bill uh, uh, S., who wrote, uh, writing the big book, uh, The Creation of AA, that was 11 years of research, right, with no hint of any kind of reward for that, and I I do know as an author, you know, it... it, (laughs) <laughs> it isn't a road to riches. That's let me just tell you, um, it's a sideline. It's it, it not, very few people make a profession, just like my guitar. You know, um, none of you know the songs I've recorded because they weren't, you know, the, the, you know they didn't lead to riches. Uh, but they are another passion of mine. It's it's also important to have passions. I think outside our recovery community, otherwise, I, I think we're um, we're stuck a little bit, um, if, if that is the case. So uh, I don't even know how long I yattered on for, but that's all I have to say for today. And I would like to, uh, open up the floor to others talking about your passion or your service or, uh, your engagement, why you do or why you don't. Thanks for having me. Love and kisses, Joe. Thank you, Joe.